Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin, and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Take my hand, come with me. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 28 of Soul Food where we're going to look at restraint and the importance of restraint in our refinement of our souls and in our connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so in this episode we're going to look at what is the best action what is the best act of worship we're going to look at the importance of controlling both speech and desires and then we're going to look at the ways of attaining excellence in restraint the best action so as Ramadan is coming to a close I'm sure you're probably asking yourself you know what kinds of acts of obedience what kinds of good habits are you going to be able to maintain outside of the month and in our lives we have you know plans we plan out our work we plan out our school, we plan out, uh, you know, these major things in our lives, we have some sort of plan for them. We think about them ahead of time and we act accordingly. But we also need spiritual plans in our lives. We need to try to figure out how we're going to grow spiritually, what goals you have, where you want to be in five years spiritually as well. And that's very important is that Oftentimes we sort of think that the spiritual side is very abstract or it's very sort of, you know, take it as it comes. But we should actually plan for that as well. So after Ramadan, think of what you're planning, what you want to do, how you want the rest of your year to be, and how you want to be next Ramadan, inshallah ta'ala. So one of the questions that's important as you're figuring out that plan is what is the best act of obedience to maintain after Ramadan? And in the time of the Tabi'een, the generation after the companions, some of the great scholars and Tabi'een were together, and they were sitting and they were discussing what is the best act of obedience. They were actually debating this very question. And every scholar would give a suggestion, this particular act or that particular act. And then one of them said that the best act of worship is leaving disobedience. And everyone said, this is it, this is it. You've, you've hit it right on the head. That leaving the greatest act of worship is leaving disobedience. And this is the best action and this is something to think about outside of Ramadan. This brings us to the next point specifically in restraining and controlling both speech and our sexual desires. You know, and every limb has rules pertaining to it. And that's much of what we focused on in the kingdom of the heart and limbs this Ramadan, is that every limb has a way that you need to deal with it and a way that you need to control it. And even our hearts have rulings upon, upon uh, them as well, such as purifying our hearts from arrogance and vanity and envy and enmity and so on and so forth. But there are two limbs that the Prophet especially warned us about. To, to restrain them and to control them and to be very careful about them. 
And if they're taken care of, then our path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is much more direct. Our spiritual state is much safer. And our state in the hereafter is uh, in, a, in a better state as well. That inshallah, God willing, will be given salvation. And the Prophet was asked, what causes most people to enter the fire? And the Prophet said, the mouth and the privates. That the two things that cause the majority of people to enter the fire is their mouth, what they say, and what they eat, and, and the, both of those are can come from the mouth, be understood from that, and the privates, and the way that they engage in their desires, or the way that they restrain their desires. So it's very important that you have to pay special attention to what you say, and and your food as well, and your desires. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, وَالَّذِينَ لِفُرُوجِهِمْ حَافِظُونَ and those who protect their chastity, literally protect their privates. And whoever goes and exceeds those boundaries, those limits, is someone who is uh, uh, going out of the way, someone who has left the, the path of God. They are excessive. right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sets for us boundaries, and that's why boundaries and restraint is so important because otherwise we wouldn't have any tangible way of obeying and of worshiping our creator glorious and majestic but the thing is we live in a time now that really glorifies desires it doesn't tell us that we should restrain our desires but it actually glorifies desires especially sexual desires it's a hypersexualized society whether it's in advertising or movies or whatever it may be, that this the desires are really uh, put in, in in the public eye in a way that they never have been before, and a lot of people want to bend the truth and subjugate the truth to desires, when in reality desires have been subjugated to the truth, and that's what's always been the way of religion and the heavenly message, uh, and this is one of the major areas where people are destroying the fabric of that which makes religion, religion. But we need to be mindful of Allah in what we say and how we respond to our desires. And this is the path of salvation, being mindful of what we say and being mindful and, and chaste in how we interact uh, when it comes to our uh, uh, desires as well. And especially in times of corruption, it's very important to hold on to these principles and values. It might even, people might say that you're weird. People might say that you're backwards. But that's okay. I mean, you're not here to impress them. You're not here to win brownie points with random people. You're here to connect, to know your Lord, to be uh, honored through worship, through obedience, for your heart to be radiant with the lights of faith and honor and nearness and sanctification. All that other stuff is going to fade. And even these desires are going to fade. But your soul remains. And that's what you need to cultivate and protect in this world. So that brings us uh, to the final point of having excellence in restraint. And Habib Umar says that the way to withhold from forbidden acts is to stay away from all of the steps that lead up to it. And for example, if we just look at the, the at look at sight 
and looking at things that are forbidden. Looking at something forbidden is the first step to everything that comes after it, right? So if someone looks at uh, an image that invokes their desires, then that first look will be the thing that makes them do everything else after that or pushes them towards doing everything else after that. But if you restrain yourself from the beginning, you're safe from all of that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells us in the Quran the link between looking and desires. Allah tells the believing men and the believing women to lower their gaze and to protect their private parts. So the two are related. And that if they do that, that is pure for their hearts. And the Prophet ﷺ also warned us and told us that a forbidden glance, looking at something haram, is a poisoned arrow from the devil. And he also said that the eye commits fornication. And that the way that the eye commits fornication is through looking at some someone that you have no right to look at in that way with lust. And he said that the tongue commits fornication through engaging in conversations that are not uh, uh, modest or not chaste. And now people, you know, with all the technology we have, we have to be really careful from apps and from chatting in a way that's displeasing to Allah, that we need to have that modesty and protect ourselves from that. And he said, sallallahu alayhi wa that the heart commits fornication through imagining and yearning to do something haram. But all of these, it usually starts with looking at something forbidden. If you nip it in the bud, if you don't take any of the steps towards disobedience, then you'll be safe from disobedience. It's usually when we get a little bit caught up that the nafs takes over and wants more and more and more. But if you tell your nafs from the beginning, no, we're not even doing that. We're stopping right here. Then you save yourself from all of the challenges and all of the woes and all of the sins that come from going beyond that. And then when the Prophet ﷺ was asked, you know, finally, the flip side of all things, what causes most people to enter paradise? He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, having taqwa, being mindful of God, and having good character. Being mindful of God and having good character. So those are the two things that enter the most number of people into paradise. And that brings us here to the call to action. The call to action is to think of any sin that you struggle with. And make sure that whatever that is, that you figure out the root cause of that sin and you nip it in the bud. Even if it's something small, just figure out what is the root cause, what triggers that sin and nip it in the bud. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for taqwa and good character and that he beautifies our souls and that he makes us beings that our soul is in control of our body and not the other way around. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq. Sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alhamdulillahi.